is the Todd and Friends podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again uh, today. Sean Polson uh, joining us uh, on the podcast. And and as this is airing, uh, Sean, at about a little after 4 o'clock on KWLM, the Cardinal girls hockey team has already played uh, their first round uh, state tournament game. So big hockey game uh, earlier today and then again either tomorrow or Friday, depending upon how they did. You know what it's like to be going to those big hockey games. There's a lot of excited uh, parents and fans around Wilmer with that that girls team making it to state. Yeah, I talked to Benji this morning, actually, on my way down. I left a little earlier today, and uh, I talked to him, oh, probably about 7.15, and he was uh, getting ready. They were just going to go to breakfast yep. and uh, head over to the rink about 9 and then face, uh, you know, a really good Orno team who won it last year. I believe they're the number two seed yep. this year, and so a tall task in front of them, but uh, the fact that they got there and, and they're uh, ready to compete today is so exciting for the parents and the and the community as a whole. So, uh, yeah, pretty exciting times. They play at 11. So, yeah, by the time it airs, it'll be done. Yep. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be the favorites right? because uh, they're facing a really tough team. But, you know, exciting for them. And you put your cards on the table and see what happens. Yeah, that's right. Uh, boy, they did a great job to get through sections and all the way to state. First trip to state since 2020, I think it is, and and uh, you know that'll that'll be an exciting time for them, and and uh, you know what it's like to go to those big hockey games. Uh, you know, you, you hope you, the folks don't get too nervous. It's almost worse to sit in the stands than be down there playing. It is, but this is still such a fun time. Yeah. I mean, you got the the neighborhood kids that have grown up together, the parents that have traveled together for quite some time to make yeah. this happen, and and it just w- what a fun reward for everybody, and and. You know, I look back to it. Now, It's for me, it's not as fun because, you know, none of the teammates are from anywhere where we're from. The parents are from yeah. all over the country and the different state you're at countries. And But, you know, where they're going today, heading down there as a group, the parents are going to have a great time. They're all going to be at the hotels having fun. You know, I, I think they're just going to have a blast. And, you know, hopefully the Cardinals can put on a, a, a good show with, you know, you got – Setrum and you got Benji uh, Olson behind the bench yep. and, and uh, exciting uh, times for him. So yeah, you know, see what they're going to do and they're going to enjoy it and they're going to remember this day for the rest of their lives. That's for sure. And hopefully next week we're talking about uh, it a little bit uh, again with some success for him down uh, at state. That's for sure. Uh, well, since we're on the hockey subject, you're our hockey guy. Uh, uh, first, tell us about uh, uh, your Mankato squad. How's it been going down there? Yeah, so we hold the. Uh, hold our destination in our own hands. We have Lake Superior State at home this weekend and Bemidji State at Bemidji next weekend. And Bemidji State, uh, Mankato, St. Thomas, Bowling Green are all within two points for the conference title. Uh, basically, if you win, you're going you're gonna to win it. So everything is, is in your own control, which is all you can ask for. So it is super tight. Uh, two points separates first place from fourth place. And uh, that's important getting into the seedings for the uh, – uh, conference tournament to win the conference and you know then get the auto bid to the national tournament so uh fun times yeah. uh four four huge games ahead to, to see where it's at and 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 that's what we got Caden has had a little bit more of a scoring touch here over the last month or so too hasn't he yeah he's uh, he's been doing well he's uh, uh been been scoring a lot and so uh that that's fun obviously as a dad you know to go and watch and you know, it's a little more nerve-wracking because it's a little <laughs> bit more of a business. Yeah, it's not uh, just 
hey, let's go watch a game and have fun. Um, but you know what? It is entertaining at times. Um, you know, it, it is. It's nerve-wracking. Yeah. So I, I, I go there and I sit by myself and I, you know, watch <laughs> from afar and, and uh, go from there. Kind of rock back and forth and talk to yourself a little bit. And and uh, right. I, I'm sure it's it's uh, high intensity, uh, that's for sure, that Division One uh, college hockey, not for the faint of heart, either for players or their parents. Right. No, it's a good time. And yep. they work to get here and then, you know, they're working to get beyond here. And so every game is watched with, you know, scrutiny by so many different people, whether it's scouts, players, it's coaches, it's parents. And, and then, you know, the difference too is, is when you go to a lot of games growing up, you have the parents and, and, you know, fans of your kid there. Now you have just fans, you know, yep. you go to the bars before the game and, and it's just fans that know nobody and they're just there cheering the team. So yep. it's good and bad. If your kid plays great, you know, everybody loves them. If they don't, I mean, you have to get used to your kid getting booed at times if he right. makes a bad play. So yeah, it's, it's a little different, but um, yeah, it's exciting and fun. Yeah, I, boy, I, I never even thought about that aspect of it, hearing, uh, you know, maybe your, your son getting booed out on the ice. There is a lot more expectation once you get to that D1 hockey, isn't there? There is, and especially when you go on the road. You know, uh, Ethan and I went up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and, you know, Cade had a really good weekend. He had three goals. Well, by the end of the time, you know, I mean, he's getting booed, mm-hmm. yelling things that uh, nobody would love to hear people yell at your kid. But right. you just kind of take it, and you smile, and you go, yeah, it's because he's doing well. So. Yep. It is fun, and the social media thing, you know, I mean, obviously there's positives, there's negatives, and it's best just not to even really pay attention to it. So <laughs> right. I've, I've learned these things. <laughs> Very good. Hey, uh, you know, don't look now, but here's the wild two points out of a wild card spot uh, in the playoffs. And uh, yeah. well, there's, they're probably not going to catch top three in their division, but they certainly could find themselves in a wild card spot now. They could. You know, it was uh, quite the game I was at the uh, game on Saturday when they, it was just an awful loss to Buffalo. Yep. Uh, you know, we were down 1-0, came back, took the lead, gave up the super late goal, gave up the overtime goal. Uh, really kind of you, you get your head down after that one. Then they go and play Vancouver, one of the top teams in the league. They win 10-7. to uh, Gustafson gives up five goals on his first 16 shots. He gets yanked. Flurry gives up two goals on eight shots. Hmm. But yet... Eck had a hat trick, three goals, three assists. Kaprizov had three goals, three assists. And they found a way to get it done, mm-hmm. which was very uh, interesting. I mean, I don't know anybody could have expected that one. And so you kind of expected a letdown the next night, which they did lose 6-3 last night. The Winnipeg did show some signs of life after getting down 5-1. They scored a couple. Rossi and Kaprizov scored again. But some of our, our goal scorers are scoring. Uh, you know, obviously giving up six and seven goals the last two games. Uh, is a bit of a concern, but um, yeah, I mean they find themselves right in the thick of it to uh, to sneak into the playoffs, and you know that's that's what we've we've wanted to see. You know, a playoff atmosphere in the NHL is fun if you can get a ticket to the dance, yeah. you take it and you go, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, the playoffs in the NHL are so intense. I mean, they yeah. that that's just a really great hockey to watch. Uh, uh, in the postseason, and for a while, I thought ah, the Wild are out of this. They're, they were like eight, nine points back, having to leapfrog, you know, seven teams to get in. Now uh, they're only two points back, and there's only two teams uh, to get into that second wild card spot. They are eight points behind the top wild card team, the LA Kings. That's a little taller task, although not impossible. 
I mean, Shucks, they still have like 26 games left. So still time for them to get into a, a decent position here because they've been playing a lot better as of late. Yeah, and the thing about it is that I'd really like to see, because if you put a three- or four-game winning streak, you're in. You know, I mean, yep. you're in the playoffs that day. So we need our goalie at some point to be the best player on our team. Hmm. You know, they got to be your best penalty killer. they just got to be your best player. Right now, uh, it concerns me a little bit uh, where our goalie situation is at. But, um, you know, it's a long year. Guys go through cycles. You get hot. You don't get hot. Um, we were able to win a 10-7 game, which you wouldn't have expected to win, giving up seven goals. But uh, we're going to need our goalies to step up uh, in order for us to make any sort of run, in my opinion. Flurry has started to play better as well. But, boy, these last two games, as you referenced, just a lot of goals going in. 17 goals in that 10-7 win. There's only been 20 higher-scoring hockey games in the history of the league uh, than 17. So uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, that's that's even a lot for me, and I'm more of a casual hockey fan. I like to see goal scoring, but... Gosh, even seventeen is a lot for me. That's like that's like winning a football game fifty six to forty nine or something like that. Not much defense. No, not much defense. Uh, not very good goaltending. But yet, the one thing you have to take as a positive is is uh, the, the Wild did come back from a big de- deficit right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the one of the keys in that game was you know we had quite a few power play goals. We had a couple five on threes. You know, Vancouver didn't play very disciplined, and we were able to capitalize. There's been years past where no matter what the opportunity for us was, we weren't able to capitalize offensively. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to take a positive out of the game, I mean, to put 10 on the board, you know, obviously a franchise record. We had uh, done nine a couple times but never gotten to 10. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you look at that and think, well, if you get in a shootout, we're able to, uh, uh, you know, at least keep up. I don't know that that's a sustainable, uh, successful business model, but – we were able to get it done. So uh need the goaltending to improve, and we need to keep putting the puck in the net. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, back in the hunt and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, scoring goals uh, a lot, which uh, certainly exciting hockey. Uh, the, uh, the NFL free agency comes up in March here. I think it's the 13th. We probably won't know anything about Kirk Cousins' status until the new league year begins because it seems as though the Vikings and Cousins – aren't coming together on a contract extension. They they could have negotiated this whole time. They haven't. So they're waiting to see what happens with him uh, in free agency. One guy who they could determine before then is Daniil Hunter. Uh, if they can't reach a franchise or, I mean, a contract extension with him, if, if that's what they want to do, they could franchise tag him, uh, which I'm not sure what it is for defensive ends. I was just watching for running backs. It's like $12 million, so I would think for edge rushers, it's probably got to be around 20 or so. Uh, would you franchise tag Hunter, or would you be all right with letting him walk in free agency? Well, I really think that comes to, you know, what are you going to do with Cousins? What are you going to do with Jefferson? Yep. Uh, to me, Hunter's the odd man out. Yep. Jefferson wants that guaranteed money that's nearly approaching quarterback money, yep. which, you know, if you really, really look at it, and you look at teams over time, and you look at what where does you, you want good receivers, but does it move the needle to Super Bowl championships? I don't think it does. Hmm. And I know it's probably an unpopular statement, but I'm not willing to give Jefferson almost quarterback money guaranteed. Uh, he's a great receiver. Mm-hmm. You know what? People love him. You see his jersey everywhere. Like all of that is great. But I, the Chiefs just proved with uh, uh, wide receiving core that dropped the most passes 
in the entire league that you can still win the big one. I yep. think he would be a great addition, but I, I'm not willing to pay him his money. I want to get Derisaw signed. Uh, Hunter and an edge rusher would be would be a really big deal, and you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with the Cousins piece. I mean, are you going to give them, you know, is somebody out there willing to give them 40, 45 million bucks a year guaranteed? I'd say yes. Are the Vikings going to do that? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you really need to get those pieces in. But to me, uh, Daniel Hunter's probably your odd man out um, in this scenario. Um, but you're going to have to bolster that defense in some areas, and I'm not sure where and how we're going to do that. Yeah, it's it's just a huge offseason for the Vikes right now, and I'm kind of with you on Jefferson. I, I still hope they can reach a contract agreement with him, but if they can't, if they can't find an extension, he's a terrific trade piece if uh, one thing leads to the next and they say, okay, we're not going to sign Jefferson to an extension, so he's an outstanding trade piece if they decide to move up and try and get one of the top three quarterbacks Um you know, maybe Jefferson is part of that equation. I don't know how all that would work out. That's not necessarily what I'm advocating. But if you can't keep uh, all three, Jefferson has the most trade value for the Vikings yeah. because he's the only guy under contract. He can't even trade the other two guys. So that would seem to make sense. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that because, <clears throat> you know, I, I like Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got him locked up for a bit. You know, we you can find good receivers. Now, Jefferson's completely elite. I yep. get that. Yep. But if he could set you up to get your quarterback of the future, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay trading Derrissaw. I'm not okay, you know, with some of the – I really want to bolster our offensive line. I like the defensive line. Uh, you know, I mean, we need to get that where it's, you know, to a higher level. Mm-hmm. Does Daniil Hunter help that? He does. Uh, he commands a pretty big price tag for it. I mean, he got 16 sacks. I get that. That's mm-hmm. a big deal. Yep. Um, but to me, he's expendable. And if I could make a move uh, to get, you know, uh, I, I don't want Williams. I want the next two. Yep. I want the LSU kid or Drake May. Yep. And if you can make a move and package Jefferson to get that, I, I would be in with that. Latest CBS mock draft uh, has the Vikings doing that very thing, uh, trading up to number three overall and taking Drake May, uh, making a trade with New England. I have heard that of the top three, that New England is the most likely uh, to trade their pick. That uh, Well, maybe the Bears, too, but, uh, but really most seem to think the Bears are going to sit and trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams at number one. And I'm kind of with you. I've watched Caleb Williams play... Uh, a lot, and I've heard some some NFL scouts say he he's not patient. He doesn't like to wait on the play. He wants to get out of the pocket, scramble around, and make plays outside of the pocket. But in the NFL, you got to do the you got to go through your progressions first and have the scrambling around and running and throwing out of the pocket as being your last uh, chance. And and he does that first a lot. He does. And you look at these quarterbacks. You know, I'm not a Rodgers fan, but what does Rodgers do that? Is just great, and we saw Love do it a little bit this last at the end of the season. Just the subtle slide Brady did yeah. it with the best of them. You know, in the pocket, just taking the half a slide step one way or another to create just a little bit more time in the pocket. These successful pocket passers really do that. The guys that break the pocket. I mean, even Mahomes is. You know, he uses his legs at times, but he's masterful in the pocket. Yeah, and so. Um, 
you know, Williams doesn't do it for me. I'm not willing to, to mortgage the franchise on him. But uh, I do think one of the other two guys, uh, and the LSU kid, you know what? Good player. A little more uses his legs more mm-hmm. than uh, May. So, mm-hmm. you know, but either one of those I'm okay with. But it's just going to be who's willing to trade. Why New England's willing to trade in the, in the state that their franchise is in, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. They need a quarterback as much as anybody. Yep. But, um, you know, uh, we're not the GMs. We don't know what's going on. But if it presents itself to to get that, uh, I would do it. I don't want to see us overpick a quarterback at 11 that we kind of – I know you like McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I think he could turn out to be a decent pro. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's worthy of an 11 pick. I, I don't I, think you take him with that pick. Yeah, I don't disagree with that uh, at all. Although I am seeing a lot more of the mock drafts with McCarthy moving up to at least the Raiders at 13. I've even seen one that had the Vikings taking him moving up to number 8 and taking yeah. McCarthy at number 8. I'm not necessarily in, in favor of that. I do like McCarthy, uh, the best of the remaining quarterbacks outside of the top three. But yeah, 11 feels a little high for me. I think if you're taking based on where they really should go and not because quarterbacks are already uh, always elevated in value, I think you could trade back in the first or get him in the second round. If they got J.J. McCarthy early in the second round, I'd be I'd be really happy uh, with that. He's physical, has a great arm, just needs uh, some more experience. And But at that point, if you take McCarthy, you're probably looking for a bridge quarterback as well. Unless they sign Cousins. For Maybe Cousins does go, all right, I'll take uh, two years and $80 million, uh, fully guaranteed, although the Vikings don't want to fully guarantee. At that point, then, I think you do wait and try and get J.J. McCarthy later. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad mix. And I'm not, uh, I'm not totally against taking Penix either. Yeah. Um, but if that's what you're going to do, I think at 11 you have to go after one of the big edge rushers. Yep. Uh, you know, in the, the, that's the route I'd want to go if you're going to stick at 11. And, you know, Kwesi has to come through in this draft. We've he talked does. about it before. He has not been impressive. Uh, you know, Addison, we've talked about, has been okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a good receiver. But he needs to hit on this draft because we need some players. And if we miss on these, it just sets you back year after year. Especially you need to hit on the draft when you are giving your veterans uh, top-of-the-market dollar all the time, which the Vikings have been doing with Hunter and Cousins and Jefferson and, and some others as well, Harrison Smith, although in recent years Smith has actually restructured to take a little bit less money. But if if their plan is to uh, franchise tag Hunter, let's say, sign Cousins to a, a two- or three-year uh, deal worth you know pushing $40 million a year and get the job done with Jefferson, if they do all of that, uh, with Hunter being the least likely thing that they do, they're going to have to draft well to fill out the roster because when you have all kinds of expensive guys, you got to have your draft picks fill it in. You do, and we talked about it even with Kansas City. You look at Pacheco on that rookie yep. deal. You need some of these rookie guys to step up and be big-time players for you yep. because, you know, after that rookie contract, they're going to command big money. Well, the NFL, you know, you, you can't have all of the guys in their prime uh, you know, at one time because you're not going to be able to afford them. So yep. getting these young guys to really perform on that rookie deal is a, is a big deal, and Quasi uh, has to figure that out. Sean, thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 
Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.